My next guest has gotten a name, criticizing public squandering, making cultural politics a natural topic. Instead of arm-length distance, he has found friendships, and in the guise of objective criteria, he has revealed political activism. This has mysteriously led some to perceive him as a threat to the freedom of expression of artists. Consequently, he was unwanted at the annual meeting of the, cult uh, the Culture Council of Norway last year. Instead, the squandering ombudsman has been reduced to appearing on the cave of a palace. And I am indeed glad to have you on our show. It's my honor. Thank you. I've been following you for a couple of years, uh, but you are a Norwegian phenomenon with 60 plus thousand followers now? Yeah, so, something like that. So what is the whole uh, thing about the squandering ombudsman? Well, we, we are a group of friends. We used to, um, uh, back in the days uh, in 2014, we, we typically sent emails to each other about stupid things the government spent money on. And um, laughed about that. And then we came upon a Swedish Facebook phenomenon called Slöseri Ombudsman, the same, same name. Mm. So to be fair, we, we copied that concept and started this in, in Norway with Norwegian content. Um, we had the hypothesis that the Norwegian government would waste just as money as the Swedish. <laughs> Or not worse. And uh, has that been proven? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair to say that we have enough content to yeah. run a Facebook page about uh, <laughs> about this. Um, yeah. So this was in 2014. Um, we our content is not limited to the art world at all. Um, initially, we um, uh, no, we didn't come in, come into that. Uh, part of the world uh, years later but the Facebook page uh, grew from the beginning and uh, yeah I, I think it's become quite popular mm -hmm. because the, of course why we wanted to have you on here is that you have in the uh, but for how long then been concerned with the cultural politics uh, in the name of the squandering ombudsman well I think the first um, the first time I, I slipped into this magical world was in 2017 mm -hmm. um almost by accident i think i uh, came across a video of um of a performance um of by an artist that uh, had received um, quite a good amount of money from the government i i didn't think much about it my my view was only to talk about the the spending of the tax money so just to, to, to interject that you you didn't really come into cultural politics the part of it for some specifically ideological cultural ideological reason no it's just one area where the state spends money right no i i did not try to target specific uh, artists based on my view of art because well to be honest i didn't have any uh, at least not at that uh, that time, but I I found a video I thought would be fun to show to my viewers, and uh, it was it was a woman who had um, uh, applied for funding from uh, the 
cultural council. I think she got perhaps uh, $300,000 per year. And um, so, you know, on Facebook, you can uh, program a post to appear in the future. So I did that. I went for a run. And during my run, my my phone uh, rang. And apparently this had gone viral du- during my run in uh, in the forest of Oslo. Uh-huh. So then I got call from uh, Dagbladet, the newspaper. Uh, one National to, newspaper. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so that had gone viral. It had... Uh, so more so than with just uh, other posts that you had made about uh, public squandering on, on, in other fields? Yeah, absolutely. At, uh-huh. at the time, it was by far the most uh, popular thing I had posted. Uh-huh. Part of it is Facebook wants to promote uh, videos to show to its its viewers. So so it overlapped with uh, Mark Zuckerberg's interest <laughs> to compete with uh, YouTube, I guess. Um, yeah. So the common the this video had been shared hundreds of times just the first couple of hours, wow. and ninety nine percent of the comments were uh, people were shocked that the government spent money on this. Right. Uh, here in Norway, we we are familiar with the idea that the Norwegian government spends a lot of money. We already know that. But even within that frame, people were shocked that um, someone got uh, money to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, um, I think a major component of your, your, shall we say, character is precisely the anonymity. Was that something cons- consciously chosen or did that just become a thing be- because of, of uh, like, for what, whatever reason? Well, first of all, it's um, it's fun to be an anonymous internet troll, of course. <laughs> so it makes it more fun for me. But uh, there's some more re- reasons. Um, this Facebook page has been, uh, well, it's not just me personally who uh, has been running it. Um, so it makes it possible to, to, sh- to share this uh, among uh, different people. And... Um, and also lately, it's a it's a specific reason because I have been invited or challenged by a, a one artist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's a long story, but uh, try and make it short. Uh, so one of my Christmas calendars, I was uh, received a request from one one artist. Uh, most artists just just hate me, but one artist demanded to. Uh, to be a part of this uh, Christmas calendar. So I, I thought that was fun. I, I'm up for the challenge. So, um, and then we later met. Um, so his name is Morten Trovik. Um, we later met and he wants to start a, a new show or, yeah, I don't know. Like a, well, it's a theater, not a theater yeah. play, but a theater performance. It's. I don't have the words for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beyond words! Yeah, but beyond words. But uh, it was supposed to be in May this year, but it was cancelled due to coronavirus, uh, whatever. But um, so I, I promised to him to try to keep this anonymity uh, until at least until 
uh, that show has uh, started. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps, perhaps it, it will revealed be revealed there, or the audience might have an opportunity to find out. We'll just have to wait and see. After you've left the building. <laughs> <laughs> so the wastefulness uh, commission. Uh, I believe, I believe the. Um, the first show will be this summer, probably in May. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, but uh, and so so uh, you mentioned. I don't know if you could talk about that, but there's been some uh, consequences in that context for uh, Mr. Twelvik. Uh, yeah, right. I yeah, I should have mentioned that he he has uh, <laughs> for a long time been. Uh, sort of controversial artist um he he's i think he's most known for his projects in north korea he's been he's been traveling there yeah, for short some bullet points on that uh yeah well he's been there uh, 15 20 times i believe uh, and one of his projects he wanted to invite a slovenian rock band to have the first rock concert in north korea so that that was a big thing but um during this uh, project, he was accused uh, here in Norway of being a useful idiot for the North Korean regime, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big, ac- strong accusation. Um, but in in the within the art field, that was no one cared about that. Uh, so he was defended then, because I mean, he, the project that you're talking about, he got, got public funding for that, right, from the Norwegian state. Yes, yeah. yes, he he receives the type of funding where. Um, it doesn't apply for each individual project. He has a for annual, yeah, annual years. thing that okay. runs a couple of more years. Um, so, so <laughs> being a useful idiot for a Nor- North Korean regime, that was not uh, that uh, accusation did not stick at all in the art community. But then, once he got involved with the squander ombudsman, that was a different thing. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So then it means I'm one one step above the North Korean dictator in that sense in the Norwegian art community. So <laughs> I, I, f- I find that uh, hilarious. That's uh, one of my biggest achievements, I think. As an anonymous in- internet troll, even, even worse than the North Korean regime. So, so that's fun. And then uh, we get to... Something that you've been doing, well, actually not this year, but you've been uh, uh, making a Christmas calendar. Right. I think that has gotten really a lot of attention. I mean, uh, the, the amount of likes and shares and total views have been just uh, amazing. And, th- and that is focused solely on, uh, you know, sp- specifically people within, th- within theater, performance, uh, getting, uh, getting grants or getting money. Right. So the Cultural Council in Norway, I on their website, they have probably 70 or 80 different programs through which they give money. So what I did after this first video, where not only my followers thought this was totally ridiculous, um, I also got a lot of feedback from the art community, um, and specifically the kind of art community that is funded by by uh, by the tax money what would they say uh, 
they generally thought it was horrible for someone to <laughs> to reveal this uh, this madness. Um, you could you could really feel the frustration there, mm-hmm. and. I also have to admit a small mistake because I referred to the funding as a wage to the this person. Mm-hmm. It was the it wasn't coded as a wage in the accounting system of uh, the cultural council. She had to spend that money on some some expenses too. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they picked that as something to go after to mm-hmm. call it fake news, uh, although. It doesn't matter for me whether you call it a wage or a grant or a stipend. Right. right. My issue is that these three hundred thousand dollars per year something that goes out of the tax money taxpayers' pockets, anyways. Um, so they picked that as a sort of excuse to brand that as uh, fake news. But uh, I. I was so surprised by the amount, like the in- intensity of the criticism. So it made me think a lot more about this. That there's something that goes a little bit deeper than just uh, just three hundred thousand dollars wasted. Right. So I guess this inspired me to look further into the um, what what are they funding? What kind of people gets money, and what have they produced uh, out of that? And fortunately, the Norwegian government is very good at the open. They are um, openness. Uh, openness, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not difficult to find out where the money actually goes. So I I started looking up what what have the other artists that received the most amount of funding. What have they done? And um, it turns out. Uh, this first video I found was not uh, not an anomaly. That was, uh, so I put put this into a Christmas calendar the next uh, the next uh, December. I think it was in 2017. Yeah. So that uh, so then the ball started rolling even uh, with even more momentum. Yeah, because I think that really catalyzed uh, your popularity. Am I correct? Yeah, I think it was um, more people found the Facebook page uh, yeah. at that time. Yeah, because yeah. I think perhaps people have a sort of closer connection to culture or uh, art, if you want to call it, uh, than they do to, for example, big uh, hospital plans or whatever. I mean, it's also the sums are to some degree more uh, relatable. Yes, it's it's often difficult. This is a problem. It's, it's often difficult to re- relate to the large numbers when mm. it's a large abstract uh, project. Mm. It's it's difficult to comprehend what what is a billion dollars compared right. to. <laughs> but uh, uh, tell me <clears throat> first uh, a short sort of a couple of bullet points on what typically gets funding, and then I want to ask you about a bit about. Uh, uh, what kind of uh, because we, we know there are certain buzzwords uh, that you need to use to get uh, uh, public funding but but first just like a couple of examples from your Christmas calendar right so initially I was just looking at one of these 70-80 programs where um, to get funding for performance art um, 
Not mean sure that also the English, of the yeah. not only... Uh, yeah, that's a sort of, there are two different programs. The one for what they call theater, one for just performing arts in general. Uh-huh. So, or stage art. I'm not sure if that's English word even. But, um, so it's a kind of a project, uh, a, a program where you apply for funding for one specific uh, project. Um and on the website, you can see who, who gets uh, the funding and you can see a, see a part of the text they sent to the Cultural Council to get their project approved. And that um, that's also very interesting. Uh, it's, it revealed to me that it's a, almost every project is, has a political element. It's great. So, give us some of those uh, buzzwords then. Like, what what would a typical, or, you know, uh, application look like? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes these things can be very difficult to see based on the video I show. For example, um, <laughs> it was one video that um, became quite popular. It was two women just rolling around on the floor, screaming, drooling, um, and the point of that was to illustrate, it was, let me see, it, it's difficult to put these words in my mouth even, but uh, it was based on, um, it was supposed to illustrate a feminist point mm-hmm. about some old psychiatric diagnosis, uh-huh. um, where, for example, hysteria was a diagnosis in psychiatry aimed specifically at women. And... Uh, so they demonstrated the hysteria in a quite good way. <laughs> um, but the, the, the kind of text they sent in, you would, you would assume that this is a deeply uh, well thought out project um, attempting to improve the position of women across the world. Um, but it's two women lying around at the floor screaming, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the point is that <clears throat> the application text, the actual application itself, was uh, entirely political or clearly politically uh, oriented. Um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not saying it's tied to a specific political party, but mm-hmm. um, they seem to target some some buzzwords or try to fit it into a feminist agenda, even though the actual performance uh, made probably almost no sense in that uh, regard. Mm-hmm. But in their mind, that was a good good key to get funding. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I went through your, your uh, uh, Christmas calendar and a lot of these things um, that runs through it for example, one is about uh, criticizing the, the increasing individualism and uh, saying that the performance has in part uh, chosen a Maoist activist stance. Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> pretty clear the political uh, aspect of it. Also, uh, I mean, you can, you can perhaps talk a little bit about this specific project that got funding for revealing racism. Oh, that's uh, that's a lot of them, probably. Uh-huh. Well, the thing with, <laughs> that's almost every project, but uh, <laughs> which one? <laughs> uh, 
Well, the Maoist, I, I think that was that was funny. Like in, in the first, why bring Mao into this? Uh, mm. A mass murderer who left mm. tens of millions of bodies uh, in the, behind him, and this performance um, was well. M- well, my, my um, the excerpt I, I showed was a person rolling rolling around in what's supposed to be poop mm. inside a public toilet. Uh, apparently that brings Maoist um, elements into modern society, criticizing individualism. You know, it's it's a, it's just a joke, mm. um, but that text probably sound good in someone's ears uh, in the <laughs> among the bureaucrats. And... Um, yeah, it's also interesting to notice here and there that these these are not just random jokers who wants to uh, wants to have fun. Like this person was, his um, I think he was associate professor at the College of Music in Oslo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these people are well educated while they are lying down on the floor screaming and uh, playing with their. Uh, <coughs> Poop. Yeah, because, because one thing that I'm really quite concerned with, and I think we'll get to uh, at least the latter part of, uh, of the conversation to talking about uh, alternatives or what could be done. Uh, should you, uh, should you uh, abolish the system or reform it? Or like, you know, but what, we have to talk a little bit first about what, what is wrong with it. And I, that is what I really object to when it comes to cultural politics, that when you say we shall have culture, but instead you get political propaganda, then you are cheating people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, this this trend is definitely definitely going on. Mm-hmm. And what I even see as a trend now is we're moving into a, a situation where you not only have to uh, pack this political message into your performance. You can almost leave the performance uh, alone. Just sit sit there like you and me talk about politics, mm. and you can get a theater stipend or theater scholarship for that. Mm-hmm. So the politics has definitely become the front line uh, here. Yeah, and and I think that's you know from the from the uh, sort of ideological perspective. Uh, I've been thinking about that lately because, like, when you, when you have, I don't know how that translates. Uh, it's like the art uh, college or what you would call it. Uh, you know, higher education for for art in Norway. They have now been really clear about introducing, for example, critical race theory into their uh, uh, curriculum that that should be in colonial studies and these things. And actually, people working within the art field itself doing what is definitely uh, within the boundaries of, of uh, approved contemporary art, they are also starting to uh, object to it because it is, uh, to some degree, of course, you want to have a specific knowledge. Uh, you, you want to acquire specific knowledge when you go to some school, right? <laughs> <laughs> you would think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I think that's the, uh, that point. And also what I noticed from... One specific article that you you sent to me, uh, 
Um, yeah, yeah, maybe we could talk about that. This thing about how one thing is the political activism, referring to criticism of capitalism or criticism of individualism or uh, uh, focusing on the male gaze or whatever the, these buzzwords that they are using. Um, in in uh, in addition to that, you have the focus on uh, or things that is going purely becoming purely political. As you say, you don't have to really make something, and this is sort of like the, the next generation of art, sort of art two point where you don't mm -hmm. even you don't even paint anymore. I mean, with modernism, at least people painted right, but now they're leaving it all together, and it's pure. Uh, ideology. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what to say more about that, but mm. it's it's through every part of uh, every text I've seen those these people write. They are they are political activists, definitely. Right. And it, it was a few students at the, our local art co uh, college who <laughs> um, labeled labeled the worst labels you can find: racist, fascist, and they're demand was we want an actual education where you can learn a craft exactly. that alone if you focus on like we want to learn a craft here mm. that is um then you're a racist because you're rebelling against uh, these just, new just new this. ideals yeah. and i think that's that's where it really becomes problematic when it becomes pure uh, uh, politics i mean you know certain uh, examples stick in your mind and uh, as I think I mentioned to, to the art sociologist, the dog story that I had here, uh, you have examples, for example, from Austria, where a, a man got a, a scholarship or a grant for having written a novel with a political activist that uh, was skeptical of some uh, um, a populist figure on the, on the political right, and to the degree that they had to kill him. And of course, everybody understood that this was Jörg Haider, mm. that the political leader of the of the Freiheitlichen Party. And the point is not if you agree with that party or not, but that someone gets uh, is paid to make political propaganda and even clearly suggesting murder of political opponents. And that is not culture. Then it's it's political propaganda and it becomes uh, poli uh, language policing and, and opinion policing. Yeah, and I think they feel that this is a good place to insert politics because mm -hmm. artists have uh, have a different um, form of protection in a way. We we all like free speech, and we we don't we don't want to attack artists in the same way as political rivals can attack each other. Mm. But then, if you force the politics through that channel you sort of have a free pass to do other things that uh, you you can't do elsewhere i guess and um i'll get to the thing about uh, the article i mentioned and, and uh, friendships within the culture council and these things but uh you I mean, you've actually started to get some a uh, little bit of institutional power <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should go <clears throat> past that, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get to the uh, to the nepotism or the camaraderie of uh, of uh, state support of the arts. What has happened because of your? I think that's because of your Christmas calendar. Um, yeah, you mean the the latest news about the budget cut? 
All right. Start with that. Well, um, I, I noticed that more and more politicians have, have followed the page and um, people often ask if, have I really achieved anything? Usually I've just said, I've, I've um, created a lot of uh, humor. People have laughed about this, but couldn't really po- point to any specific case where I posted something and then that, that had any consequences for people. But it was um, this um, a couple of months ago, um, it was um, the Progress Party. Mm-hmm. So well, the one political most party. libertarian party in the parliament, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, probably. They posted their, well, they used to be a f- part of the government, but they uh, they left. So now they make their own budget, which they used to try to find a deal with the government. Mm. So in their alternative, alternative budget, they wanted to cut, uh, I think it was around $40 million from from the fund that uh, distributes uh, money to artists. Yeah. They wanted to cut it in by half, wasn't it? Y- yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so that, that was quite a big deal. Um, initially, I didn't have uh, high hopes for that because... I mean, uh, you, you didn't start up with, out with hopes, <laughs> I guess. No, yeah. no, no, no. It was never an ambition to change the world because that would be a <laughs> horrible headwind. Uh, I would... <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, be crying at this point, <laughs> but uh, my hope was just to have fun and um, um, be a bit sarcastic and uh, mm. have fun in, in this uh, wild spren- uh, spending spree. Uh-huh. But what happened was, um, you, you know, the, the government, they know they have to negotiate with this uh, progress party to get their budget approved. And it turned out that they they took this little bit, th- this one idea about the cultural ca- cultural council. Huh. It doesn't really roll off my tongue this word, but uh, say cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you did initially. <laughs> but they actually tried to get some leverage in the, in the negotiation using that point. So they were able to cut the budget with uh, ten million kroner around for the culture council. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a drop in the ocean. Um, well, it's their terms taxi of money. expenses, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, and oh, please, <clears throat> can I stop you there? Yeah. Can you tell us how much each member of the culture council spends each year on traveling? You had a specific number. Right. Uh, I, I I forgot the very specific number. Was but it I, like? But wasn't it eight thousand dollars? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. 70 something thousand kroner which is yeah. eight thousand dollars yeah yeah, yeah um, I, I mean i know, <clears throat> know that from before also because um uh you know other was actually on the culture council in the 90s uh, a, a shorter period for the progress party uh, and he just told me like they were going around the block they would take the taxi <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i have heard through my unofficial channels that all, despite all the talk about environmentalism in their funding <laughs> and the application th- form, <laughs> yeah, they do not. The top bureaucrats do not like to take the bus, mm. and uh, they like to fly around the world and go to exhibitions and meet colleagues in Japan, Australia. So you you, you can f- you can travel a lot for eight thousand dollars per year, mm. and that's 
that that's average spending, mm. including all the low-level bureaucrats. So mm. th that's a lot of business class uh, sites. And um, yeah, so um, <laughs> and they also they <laughs> let's see the actual spending of the council. I, yeah, give us some is uh, is uh, crazy. Um, you can you can see how much they spend on their facilities, their offices, which is per person is way above the norm for the finest part of the financial district. Um, so they are uh, they are big spenders, and actually, I, I think the artists should also be worried uh, worried about that. Um, sometimes I think most most artists think of themselves as in an alliance with this cultural council. They think of them as a benevolent uh, master in a way. Mm -hmm. But they they spend a lot of the money before it's passed to the poor artist. Do you know? I I mentioned it to you, and I know it's a difficult uh, piece of math to do. But do you know? Like, if you want to give an artist, uh, well, speaking of dollars, five thousand dollars. Do you know how much has to go into the system for five thousand dollars to come out at the other end? Is there any kind of math on that? I I think. The cultural council's own budget that they spend around ten percent of the money which is distributed, but on also the, on running the council. Right. Yeah. yeah. But and, and they, 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 their budget is uh, what's that in dollars? It's one point four mil billion crowns. So it'll be four hundred and forty million dollars. Uh, maybe that's old figure because well they. Um, they serve a different um, programs that they give money through. So if you summarize all of the, their programs, I think they distribute about 2 billion kroner. Right. And their own spending is uh, over 200 million kroner now. Jesus Christ. So, but to be fair, I mean, it's not all for uh, performance art and theater plays. They do uh, like conservation of uh, cultural goods or whatever, stuff like that too, right? Right. Institutions. And, yeah. Movies, um, right. music. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many examples to talk about. But, but uh, okay, getting then to the uh, another part of the sort of the, the moral problem with state support of the arts. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that article in the newspaper you mentioned when it comes to who gets grants? Yes, so I understand it's a problem. Uh, how do you find people to to pick and choose uh, who gets to get receive the money? It, it's difficult to find someone completely outside this uh, environment. Because, and it's a small country, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, it's a small country. It's centered in Oslo. You need someone with knowledge of the art field to to find the proper recipients of of the funding. So, it, of course, it lead, lead leads to um, uh, you have usually you sit in a council for for two years. You send out money. You know everyone basically. So, you, people give money to their friends. Then two years later. Uh, you are back in the, your life as a, a regular artist. 
And then the people you gave money to last year, now they are in the council. And and you uh, you have specific examples of that in your, is it last year's or 2018's Christmas calendar? Yes. Uh, specific I, examples on that. Uh, you don't have to go to, into detail about it, but I mean, this, you're not just making it up. You, you're pointing to concrete persons sitting there getting money in the, when they are out of the council, the other person that they like, give them money. Yeah, definitely. Then this is not my invention either. Yeah. Uh, I have to mention one anecdote. Uh, I thought mm. it was funny. Um, <laughs> in this calendar, I I posted one one video where in my comment I said, wow, these people actually received funding. I It doesn't seem they, like they personally are in this uh, small niche of people. So wow, good for them. And then I checked <laughs> her Facebook page a couple of days later. And then she said, uh, she said, he should have should have done a better job. I was on the council two years ago, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. So I made a mistake, and she she found corrected. <laughs> I mean that that shows some some self confidence. Yes. Then you're quite confident that you will not be criticized. That you are untouchable. Uh, you know that you can basically admit to. Uh, uh, corruption publicly and it has no consequence definitely they they know that they are safe they are in a safe mm. small haven of the world uh, they can do things that would not be allowed anywhere else mm. uh, which is uh, fun to talk about mm. and yeah this article we've sort of touched upon I am um, I was impressed by a couple of journalists who gathered all all the applications they found out who had sent the application and uh, who had approved the applications and even who are facebook friends with each other right um do you remember the numbers there well one of the findings uh, it was that if you have at least one facebook friend among uh, among the people who approve the application your chance doubles mm of getting funding, mm. which is uh, very statistically significant. Um, and of course, the people on the people who approved this were uh, were contacted by the journalists. They did not see the problem at all. They they felt like they could make an independent decision, uh, even if they had uh, been friends for a long time. They had fifty common friends. On Facebook, uh, they had worked together, no problem uh, in their mind. Yeah. So they don't care. It would not be accepted elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and I think one really interesting thing is that, <clears throat> you know, when you talk about this uh, topic, uh, I often meet, or it, it's sort of uh, just below the surface. That uh, oh you're just complaining about that because you oh, you belong to the to the uh, classical figurative painters and you're you're describe yourself as victims and uh, you're sort of uh, uh, grumpy for not getting any grounds. But in that article, um, there are two artists and one of them is, is really clearly an artist being very very politically active uh, well to reveal racism. Uh, uh, for for example, in in uh, Norwegian history, and he he was on the council and he said he says, 
uh, a system is built up where you protect, protect each other, where you uh, give money to colleagues and then get something in return. It's a I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch mine uh, situation. And, uh, and, uh, but the, re the really, what really impressed itself upon me was that there was a Russian artist here. Uh, and she talks about how criticizing the, the Culture Council led to her not being able to get grants. Uh, and that her friends would say to her, uh, you know, shut up, that's what we do. And when we get on the council, we give our friends money. So yeah. you know, you're just being stupid. But she says she was, uh, as a young woman, she was f f in the Soviet Union. She was, uh, the KGB tried to, to uh, make her uh, rat on systemic critical friends. And she's saying that it was easier then because people saw clearly the injustice here. But in Norway, with this system, things are made to look very pretty and beautiful. And so it becomes even, even harder to navigate. And then I'm thinking, this is not just sort of, oh, we want to get in. This is people who, th these are people who are working within what is accepted as contemporary art. And they still see that this is uh, uh, camaraderie and, and nepotism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think this article is three, four years old. So it, it's, it's interesting to, you know, now you can back check, see what happened, what happened with these people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like someone who left North Korea, uh, jump, go to South Korea or something. So I, I looked up, um, I even went to a, a speech that one of the artists there had, Lars uh, Kusner. In the article, right? Who talked about I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch mine, and he was on the council himself at, at, at uh, in some years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went. I went to his speech where he, <laughs> I um, I could hear some frustration. He he said that um, he was even worried about the consequences in the article. I I believe he said that the next time he applied for money, he <laughs> received a ridiculous small amount of money. Just yeah. so they can say they gave yeah. it to him. It's, it's everything is fair. Here we have a hundred dollars uh, to live on this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good luck. So we gave him money. So that, that perhaps even stronger sign because he he couldn't even use that as an yeah. argument then. Yeah. But then I I looked him up on uh, Facebook recently. He was very active on a group of people who had been evicted from their apartments now. So. I'm not. I'm not sure I, what. I, uh, yeah. Okay, I see the connection you're making. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, he doesn't seem to do do very well, uh, and I, I haven't seen him on any of the lists. So he seems to be um, out of this uh, group of people now. Yeah, that reminds me of. The, have you seen that movie? Uh, in English, it's called something like "The Life of Others" or something. That's like a literal translation. It's about uh, the the East. So it's uh, the communist system in East, Eastern Germany, and uh, they, they are playing this uh, um, from an interrogation tape where they are, inter they are interrogating a man for forty-eight hours, and they're sitting in a in an in a auditorium, like a university lecture about how you shall destroy people psychologically, and then one of the students says, "Oh, but this is inhumane! You know, after forty-eight hours, not no sleep," and then the guy who does the lectures just 
looks down at the paper, puts a, puts a little cross next to that guy's name, and for the rest of the movie, you see him working in the basement opening post. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but because I, I really want to stress that it's not, this is not someone who's, who's a classical figurative and then who's complaining and whining about being a victim. This is someone who's really into mainstream, uh, typically political uh, art, at least that example where he made that Congo village in the middle of a park in Norway to show the racism of, of, uh, of early 19th century in Norway, or 20th century. Um, so it's not just about, it's, it's not something that we're making up. <laughs> no, and you're coming in it from, from not a specific ideological standpoint in the, in, the, in the first place. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm sure people have noticed this, and he even talks about this in his speeches now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a suicide to do this. And... Another thing is they mm, probably haven't learned a craft. It's not like you can start to make uh, be a figure, figurative painter once you've uh, been in this uh, um, milieu for uh, for mm. a few years and actually sell stuff. Right. So yeah. So your education mm. makes you dependent on public grants. Yeah, that's what uh, I imagine. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's see, An another artist that I've had a more interaction with is, um, who has also been, uh, politically active was, um, Henriette Pedersen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was fun when I posted one of her videos and she rushed to the com uh, to the comment section and, uh, was very... Well, she basically said that uh, I I just suck out as much money as possible from the taxpayers, and I'm gonna get more, and I'm gonna get make even more stupid art. So, sort of taunting the uh, the people who felt like this was a waste of their money. So, I was uh, I was kind of curious: Will this have any consequences? And so I've been sort of following her uh, after this. And I'm not sure if what I post really has any direct consequences for the artist, but if there is one, it's actually that I improve their position. I improve their standing within the bureaucracy, I think. Because some, mm. some of them have gotten more support from the Culture Council, like moral support, but also more money and even uh, uh, what do you call it when you get it annually uh, as opposed to not getting it annually before. Yeah, I, I have very few examples of artists that have lost funding after I post any of their work, but I have a lot of examples of artists that received a lot more funding. Yeah. So she was on kind of a funding program which was like the second tier or like if you follow English football, the championship. So the dream for this group of people is they see it as a lot of hassle to apply for money every year for every individual project. So their dream is to get to the first year to get to the Premier League of Norwegian Art Funding, which is a program where you get, uh, you get a fixed amount of money for perhaps four years. You don't have to apply for each program specifically. So you have a lot of liberty to do uh, what you want. Um, 
I, I cannot remember many cases where an artist has lost funding after I uh, posted their work on Facebook. Uh, it, it, it's only one one example I can remember of a Swedish man who used to paint with his uh, butt. Um, but that might have done, been related to a Me Too case where he oh, okay, lost his yeah. job. So uh, okay. then uh, he, he lost a lot of friends uh, in, in that case. But um, one interesting example is um, one artist I've uh, interacted with, uh, Henriette Pedersen. She, um, well, she used to rush to the comment section to sort of taunt my followers. <laughs> saying um, openly that she sucked out as much tax money as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get a lot more money from you guys, and I'm going to make art that because you hate. Because of your uh, activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, uh, yeah. That, and she that, has gotten more. Yeah, so I, and even in the comment section, people said that, wow, I can't believe you're this arrogant. I'm going to take a screenshot and send to the, sent to the cultural council hmm. so it's not the so- sort of thing i i do or i don't i don't like to dox people uh, hmm. that way but i was curious what was what, what is this gonna going to lead to so the next year she had been promoted to the highest uh, highest tier art funding mm-hmm. so now i think she received promise of 15 million kroner or something over a four-year period 1.5 million dollars something like that it, it, it might be a nuance the difference but uh, yeah so she she hit the jackpot there mm-hmm. right after <laughs> after this I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily a connection but uh, uh, yeah it, it seems to be a trend that you, you don't uh, lose a standing with the cultural council mm-hmm. um, by by becoming my rival, definitely not. Right, and then you could <clears throat> uh, sort of slipping into a discussion about what do you do with the situation. Uh, do you think? I mean, it's kind of an, in some way an unfair question to ask because, because you haven't come into this from sort of an, uh, an activist or ideological standpoint. But do you do you think that? Uh, this Christmas calendar is the wrong way to go about it, or has it had positive effects when a positive effect is seen as you know reducing uh, support of the arts and, and uh, that the state should not intervene? Well, one, one typical criticism is why, why expose the artist when the real bad guy here uh, is the cultural council? Mm-hmm. And I understand that point. Uh, it's, it is fair. Uh, in a perfect world, I could write a text about the the negative sides of the cultural council but you know it's it's the reason why people perform art it's the reason why people don't don't write books you know the artists mm. uh, could the artists also could uh, perform their message by just write a book but um, a visual image gives uh, stronger connotations like we um yeah it's a com- activates more more emotions and uh, mm-hmm. different kind of understanding. So I in you know very few cases I feel a little bit bad for the people I have sort of exposed, but it has definitely brought more attention than if I if I wrote a paragraph. Yeah, and, and I think it's 
It's not a question of going there to, as you say, sort of dox people, but you're just showing what is going on. Yes. I mean, if you, if I like to drink coffee and you say on Facebook, uh, you know, we like to drink coffee, I can't be angry at you. Like, <laughs> no. I should be able to take that if, if I do like drinking coffee. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, and and I, uh, it's not like I sneak into the theater with a hidden camera either. No, because I mean, uh, in many cases, you're just referring to articles in net uh, paper, uh, newspapers on the net or or uh, on national newspapers or whatever. Yeah, actually, every case because yeah. I, I haven't recorded none of these. Uh, I haven't recorded myself any of these videos. They mm. are the artists post themselves on mm. YouTube or Vimeo. Mm. So you can't really say that uh, it's it's bad in in itself to show these videos on Facebook. Uh, so getting to some questions from the audience and and drifting into to more of a sort of discussion of what what is the right way to go about uh, reforming or or uh, abolishing, um, as I sort of tend to lean to, but uh, there are definitely pro and cons here. Um, here's one question <clears throat> on on. Uh, uh, I think this is from Facebook. Um, how, well, how do you envisage reformed funding for the arts as well as the crafts of painting, drawing, sculpting, music? Yeah, I've, I've not really involved myself in uh, in the kind of art that you you are working with, so I'm not sure what uh, how the funding works in that case. Mm. So I, sh- I shouldn't really say anything about. Yeah. Uh, but well, one way is just to scale back the funding, reduce the, reduce uh, how much money they get from, from uh, the the overall state budget. Um, yeah, it, it's not really my role to to say much much more than that. But uh, mm. I guess in theory, I know the way uh, the cultural council sponsors films in Norway. It's it's more closely linked to the number of tickets you sell, mm-hmm. so you you can still get a lot of funding there. But uh, if you don't uh, attract any visitors, uh, any viewers, then you are in a tough situation. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But then there's also this thing about. I think uh, I could say that that you and I share that that it's not a matter of of uh, uh, hindering people to do stuff. But when, under the guise of culture, uh, state support for culture, when you get political activism Mm. and you get uh, nepotism, friendships, and and corruption, then then that's when it becomes squandering. That's when it becomes something the state shouldn't be engaged in. Right, the, in because it's it, it's <clears throat> in many cases it, I just see it as hidden political propaganda. Yeah, um, right. I I have I don't have a plan for the cultural council really, uh, mm. rather than just reducing the funding. Mm. Um, I guess you could make an effort to to say that the council should be politically neutral. You could say that, but they already say that. It's yeah. already supposed to be And they to be talk neutral. about high artistic quality without defining it. Uh, no. Yeah, so I, I guess that's sort of already coded into the intention of the council, but they, um, 
they, they don't really care about that. They they use it for their political agenda, and mm. no one's uh, no one's trying to stop them really. Mm-hmm. So here's another question <clears throat> from uh, from Facebook. Um, the most active supporters of such public spending typically typically claim that these subsidies are in fact a question of the existence of culture and art. How would one counter such a claim and would you in some degree agree? Well, I guess some, some for, forms of uh, art might, might struggle, but uh, it, it's a very pessimistic view to say that people don't want art if if they can choose i, I believe people people want art and uh, it art has always existed we will always have art might be a different form than we have today but uh, as long as we have artists and people who enjoy art then people will find each other that's i can't see anything else <coughs> and i think um I also think it's a false dichotomy between state funding and the private market because the people who operate in the private market choose the same things as the state is now choosing. Mm. So, I mean, the whole table is just set for that type of, uh, those type of expressions in any case. So, <clears throat> uh, I'm not worried about that at all. Individual artists might be worried about their, uh, their personal income if they absolutely don't want to reach an audience, of course. It's going to be difficult without the state, <laughs> but uh, no, I I think the art field could be um, could thrive absolutely. Mm. And I think that that just makes the case even stronger that the like you say you you don't come into this with some kind of uh, a cultural ideological uh, agenda, and uh, uh, also when you have examples of per- people working within really accepted contemporary art who are also strongly critical to the friendship component here then i think that's a pretty solid case for for that that, that things are being spent the wrong way yeah i guess you could make an effort that each political party could pick a representative to try to make it more politically balanced but mm. uh, it, it's not necessarily going to be a clean uh, clean thing anyways i'm not sure well, what you, the you yeah. always get the, the the thing about who's sitting in the uh, jury, and yeah. in what view are they educated? And I'm thinking I've been waiting for quite a long time, but uh, uh, introducing the the centerpiece here, which is by Sebastian Salvo, and the reason why we have that here is that you could, I mean, this is. Uh, you could understand as, as, as uh, some kind of a, a, a case going on here in front of the court or the king here. So you could easily imagine this as some kind of a, a big like sketch for a big painting hanging in some new court building or whatever. Uh, now, I know enough about the cultural field to know that this will never happen because the people who are the experts there are educated in the typical contemporary art field and will never allow it Hmm. Uh, but there's another uh, interesting example uh, by a a colleague of mine she was also a student of of Aldnerdrum and and she paints uh, you know classical figurative and but she lives in a very small uh, small place and she got a commission quite large painting and I think she got uh, she got like over twenty thousand dollars for that, um, 
But the thing that I noticed, and I asked her about that, is that in the jury, <clears throat> you had the, the principal of the school, and you had the local politicians. So you didn't have experts, art historical ex- experts. And that's mm. why it could happen. <laughs> and and uh, because the, the, the other example, you know, sort of school example of what ha- happens when you get an expert is in another small place in Norway. They were building this sort of home for, for the elderly and the disabled. And there were some, uh, some they wanted to have some illustrations there, some, some, uh, some uh, works hanging there. And, but when they got a, a state-approved expert, then they got, I think, three, four million more dollars to build that, uh, that, that home. And so, of course, they chose typical, you know, sort of conventional contemporary art with some threads hanging from the roof or whatever, from the ceiling or whatever. And I think that's my beef with this, that you, you cannot... You, you, you get the experts in, they're educated in one specific view, so they can say high artistic quality on the Culture Council uh, homepage, hmm. but you know you get monoculture out at the other end. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And I, I think before I came here, we briefly um, just discussed the history of the Cultural Council. And I, I did some research on that, and that was very interesting. Um, if you go on their website, you can see the Cultural Council was started in, in sometime in the 60s, I think, 1965, I believe. But it's um, <clears throat> actually it was a little bit earlier. Um, we had a different form of a cultural, cultural council that was started by the Norwegian Nazi Party in 1942. Um, and that was that was very interesting to see sort of the rationale behind why they started a cultural council. Um, I I searched into talking about the Norwegian Nazi Party. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it was it was started by Department of Culture. Uh, <laughs> the, the minister there used to be a chief of propaganda for the Nazi Party. Um, and then he became the minister of culture because they felt that this was a field to to spread ideas. I think the initial name is quite revealing. It would translate as the culture and uh, and uh, I have to translate literally the culture and people enlightenment uh, department. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah. So I found the old articles from Aftenposten uh, from those days when this was. Uh, funded, uh, founded, and what was very interesting there was the rationale was exactly the same as the, the current can- yeah. cultural council. Yeah. They talked about the arm's length principle, and <laughs> they were so happy that this this would not be controlled by the politicians. They would. Uh, <laughs> it was an advisory council by by the leading art leading artists high artistic yeah. quality high art artistic quality <laughs> definitely this would not have anything to do with politics <laughs> but <laughs> of course of course you can see what happened uh, this was oh my god um so then i i was kind of curious what what kind of things did they find and the first next article i found a couple of months later they supposed to make some new movie about the Vikings trying to 
Nazify the Viking history, of course. So mm. tie uh, their pride of uh, Viking heritage to some kind of Nazi agenda. <laughs> so that's uh, so that kind <laughs> well, of uh, ar- equality. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the arms length, arms length. Uh, I can't even say it. Arm length distance. Yeah. Thank you. This. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> It's it's a joke, really, because you put the right people in there, they're going to do what you intend them to anyways. Mm. Mm. And um, it, it, it's the same thing here. Not saying I'm not saying uh, they are uh, the next Nazi party or anything. But, but if they uh, were. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, a quick note on that. Um, uh, we can't do the whole cultural history, historical thing, although that's really interesting. Uh, it, it always strikes me when you talk about reducing uh, support for the for culture for the arts, then of course they would start saying you're fascist or you're Nazi or whatever. And the total irony is that of course Adolf Hitler was represents an unprecedented increase in the culture budget, state cultural budget, and you had this like this horrible sculptor Arno Breker. Uh, who made these massive figures? They they appear like they they cannot move because they're so supposed to be strong Aryan men, <laughs> and it's uh, the example of how state experts choose what the state shall have and how it totally sucks. Mm, yeah, and so, so that that's one thing: the, the quality coming out of, uh, on the other end of of uh, state intervention, but the whole irony of that, that they're saying, if you want to reduce it, then you're a Nazi, but not, mm. they represent a big increase in the cultural budget. Yeah, and uh, it's also the history of uh, Nazis. Uh, they, um, they want to intervene specifically into saying what forms of art are bad and what's good mm. and mm. aim the funding specifically at the things they liked. Mm. But uh, in my view, the message I send out is completely opposite. We should we should not have a strong uh, yeah. state should not have a strong hand in this in this game. Um, so, so and I even discuss this with people to support a state a strong state uh, control of the art, mm. uh, and they think that they are the good guys. Even it's hard to comprehend from from my point of view. But then the, there's a question <clears throat> we talked about it in the in the Cave Palace team, um, and and uh, this thing about if you if you could get sort of uh, if the Cultural Council then could get some kind of objective criteria of quality that could may make them support uh, what is considered you know, classical culture where you have specific uh, skills that you need to master and you can objectively, objectively identify those skills. Would you be against state support for that? Or, or it's like, is your take uh, reform or, or abolish? Or like, where do you fall on that? Well, I, I definitely see that as a lesser evil. Um, right. Yeah, I... Of course, I have to be nu- nuanced in this. It's not like every kind of art funding is the same. And as I mentioned earlier, I've, I've just looked at two out of the 70, 80 programs where mm. they send out uh, 
distribute money. Uh, so definitely nuances here. Um, that that, that would probably be an improvement, although it's not something I sort of spend my time advocating. Right. Right. Uh, how about um, this idea of of uh, I mean, like I mentioned, uh, I don't think you would see the day where this could be a commission for some public uh, building. But the example I mentioned from that little little uh, uh, town or village, where she got that uh, commission, because there were no experts in the jury. Yeah. Uh, now that's like they pride themselves with saying we have an arm length distance. There should no be no politicians there, but just experts. But clearly, when that happens, this doesn't have a chance. So, like, like, do you have any specific position on if there should be a popular jury? Uh, uh, I mean, we, we talked about it, this this idea that, for example, there should be, uh, you know, four, quote unquote, normal people uh, who are who are not sort of educated within the arts, and then you have uh, three, like one less, uh, that are educated within the, within the arts, and these three would have to convince the the four to get funding for the typical things that you've you've been uh, highlighting I, I, this is difficult i yeah in my view is that um people well good artists will find their audience anyways so uh, um if if i was a dictator tomorrow i wouldn't really set up uh, i wouldn't try to set up a system like that anyways but uh, i understand it could be a could be an improvement although it's it's always difficult to see how the incentives play in and how what the mm. result is going to, going to be. Mm. Like even though, um, if a person is not um, expert, uh, he, he, he could have all sorts of views that could be good or bad. Or yeah, yeah. Um, this is not really my mm, things so I I advocate. Yeah, because I, I I've been talking about <clears throat> like in different uh, uh, fora, uh, talking about you know. Dismantling the culture department, uh, that the state at the most should just be concerned with with the, you know protecting like old churches and and uh, libraries stuff like that are sort of un- undeniably part of the national heritage. But funding for what is made of new things today should be completely cut. But I can see that there is a you you can fall into a sort of a liberalist purism trap. I mean, I, I jokingly always say that that um, if you're a true uh, liberal uh, libertarian, um, you cannot buy something made in a factory because that's a collective, and I stand for individualism. <laughs> and, you know, it becomes absurd. Like a, a socialist can never own something because you should be a socialist. Um, so you can fall into that trap, and to some extent, you have to just look at the situation and try to to work with what actually exists now. So. There are several examples we could, we could discuss now at the very end here, but uh, for example, one example I, example I've, I heard about from, a, from a, um, an Irish painter, Molly Judd, uh, is that apparently they've at least had a system where if you are, uh, um, if you are uh, registered as an artist or someone making culture, working within the culture field, you get... I think that we're talking about a 50,000 euro, uh, what do you call it? Um, you almost start ta- paying taxes after 50,000 euros. And I've been really fond of that idea because in that case, uh, you don't have to be really nervous about next month's 
uh, rent. You can start investing things instead of instead of you spending, I don't know, uh, 10, 14,000 euros on on taxes. You can invest that in your own business. Uh, like, what, what do you think about that? Do you have any, any sort of opinions on that? I mean, yeah, anything that saves taxpayer money, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Uh, I guess the artist would still say that you need to uh, you need to cover your expenses in some way. Maybe you can't even sell your paintings, and uh, taxes wouldn't be a problem even in that case. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that I so guess that would point. be a counter counter argument, but uh, yeah. Um, that could be the case. It, it would still be difficult to see, like, how do you decide who gets to be counted as an artist and get this tax refund? So um, that that's that's definitely a valid uh, counter argument. Um, you could I've been thinking about it. You could perhaps the right way to to go about it is not to talk about cultural politics, but just talk about uh, business. If you're a small business owner. If you're a ceramicist or a painter or, or someone setting up some kind of a computer help uh, company, whatever, you can have that to make sure that your your business has a sort of solid basis, and then you become a better taxpayer when you do start making money. Yeah, that, that would definitely make it easier for um, for small businesses. Uh, yeah, but, and I think uh, the argument for that could be that in that case you don't have an expert jury because it's not about culture or not culture, accepted or not accepted, expert or not expert. It's about a business that gets support in the way that the state doesn't intervene. And I think that from a libertarian standpoint could be the the least action that the state could perform. <laughs> with, yeah. yeah, I mean... I'm not sure if the, the artists we talk about would even uh, acknowledge this as support though they, yeah, yeah. they they're not really they're not receiving cash into their bank account but uh, yeah but i mean uh, in that case not to really start with sort of trying to dismantle the system but just giving an, an, an extra alternative that doesn't really cost much as you say a lot of uh, uh, and this is a valid, valid thing i talked about but also with with old nerdman and said well yeah the problem could be then well if you're a classical figurative you don't really have a market in any case hmm. uh, so okay so maybe, maybe that doesn't do that much but you, at least you get the, the excitement of actually making your own money and, and getting a sort of foresee, foreseeable future yeah um yeah i can't really say much no. more about okay. that but uh, uh, yeah uh, sounds like an improvement but. yeah so, so but how about i think one last point or, or at least uh, yeah, towards the end here. Have you had any thoughts about citizen, uh, what about citizen payments, uh, citizen citizen salary? Would right. that be something? Um, well, I mean, for the, the, just sort of drifting into sort of general <laughs> politics, I guess. But yeah, well, that would be sort of scaling this your program into the whole population in in a way. Yeah, um, it's a little bit difficult. I've. I think the idea is very good until I sort of get into the numbers of it. I but I, I heard mm. arguments being presented. I think it was Erdogan Nadrum. Uh, in any case, the point uh, is, I guess, a valid counter argument that if you should talk about the typical conservative or libertarian standpoint, saving money, then apparently this should cost less money because you don't cut on other uh, support uh, uh, systems within the state. And instead, they just get 
Yeah. Yeah. Check. It might be that it is the case, but I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if if it actually will save money. Uh-huh. Um, I think NAV, the government agency who had this, uh, well, the welfare agency, they have around twenty thousand people employed. So, if the um, <laughs> yeah, if, if this program was um, paid well enough to close down NAV, you could s- sort of save. Or free up that, those resources, twenty thousand jobs. Mm-hmm. But um, um, <clears throat> like, like, how much money would you need to receive for it to be politically possible to close NAV? You think? Mm. Yeah, and then yeah. you can sort of imagine um, single mom in Oslo with high rent. You would probably need to pay thirty thousand kroners to every every person, I imagine, or tw- twenty five thousand per month. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And you have almost eaten up the whole government budget. Then mm-hmm. that, that's that's going to be a trillion kroner, and the whole budget is one and a well, half trillion. The argument would be that you have to cut there and then start there, but I guess the transitional period would be a challenge. Well, in the transitional period where you pay pay this to to people and also have the now bureaucracy you have the um, both bad sides of the story and even if in, if you are able to implement this i to me it sounds like uh, you need to pay pay the whole government budget out uh, to people for for this to I mean, people won't accept this if you receive five or ten thousand kroner. Mm-hmm. You can't close every welfare project with with that. Uh, people are. Uh, it's not going to be politically feasible. So, so uh, realistically, you're sort of more uh, reform guy. Uh, well, in in the end, I don't really want to use this uh, this persona to talk about. Uh, how to tax people or how hard to yeah. tax people. Yeah. I sort of I, I want to instead talk about how it is spent so that you have one group of people who want to strengthen the welfare state. And my message to them is we have to cut all the waste then to have a good welfare yeah. system. Okay. Another group of people they are very concerned about uh, stopping the oil revenues. We shouldn't drill for more oil. And to those people, I say we we can't waste two hundred billion kroner per year if we're gonna lose that revenue. So, and then to the prioritizing, yeah, and then also to the third group of people, like the libertarians of or people who want to cut taxes. Then, if you want to cut taxes, you want to cut spending. So this message of not wasting tax money should be uh, useful for all all three groups. Mm. So that's why I don't really go much into um, talking about what the tax level should be, because that's mm-hmm. sort of a political discussion beyond my <laughs> mandate that I've given, my, given myself here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also think that's why one of the reasons the uh, Facebook page has become pretty popular, because um, it is, I think I have some useful bit of information for every political side here right yeah because for someone wanting to increase or at least keep up the level of the social welfare state welfare state uh squandering should be a problem (laughs) yes you you can 
like one person has sort of become my nemesis. Uh, you know, the uh, probably the most popular video I made was the the guy who uh, pumped paint inside his butt and spray painted it on the wall. Mm. So this kind of butt painting has become a form of a meme. I, mm. I see see that word being mentioned uh, everywhere. Like discussions about some kind of um, retirement home being closed. Then in the comment section you see people that <laughs> refer to we could have kept it open if it hadn't been for the butt painting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So even from that point of view, where the welfare state is what you hold most sacred, then butt painting is a bad idea. Right. So, okay, so uh, last thing then, and maybe it's an unfair to ask you, you just have to, to let me know. Uh, There's another thing that we, we discussed in, 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 uh, in a team here. Uh, the problem with, generally with, libertarians and conservatives, uh, politicians, is that they don't really have a conception of culture. And I mean, obviously, from the libertarian perspective, you would say, well, that shouldn't be our role to have any plans for society. But I think the problem, as I see it, is that leftist parties, social democrat parties, they do have a plan for society. So uh, I think libertarians or conservatives, uh, whether you agree with them or not, they need to get and uh, um, to be more conscious and to have some kind of uh, at least value of what they what they value within culture, because if not, they just leave the field open for the political opponents. Do you have any viewpoints on that? Or? Yeah, I, I see your point. It's it usually sounds better that someone has a plan compared to not having a plan. Yeah. But maybe I can make a parallel to, in some cases, we don't think that. Like um, if I said I, I had a plan for uh, what kind of friends you should have, or <laughs> I have a plan for <laughs> your next wife. We we don't want people to have a plan in that case. And and perhaps but art at least is some there. kind of idea, some some uh, 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 like Borkner, uh, my producer, was saying that the, the right has to brand itself more as as as, as or you know the, that side of the political aisle has to brand itself more as, as having certain values, certain principles, <laughs> right? Not well, not having <laughs> not making a, a great scheme for 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 the actual cultural politics, but at least voicing some idea of of. Uh, anything other I mean not only saying oh we shouldn't do anything about it um, well, you could argue that individual freedom is a value in itself uh, although mm. yeah I see your point um, I'm probably not going to use uh, use my Facebook page to become uh, to promote a certain field of art but uh, mm. uh, you could be right but I also hope people could view art uh, as uh, a field where uh, individual freedom should roam in the same same way we we don't like uh, arranged marriages or we we like we like autonomy in some some areas of our, our lives and perhaps art should be one of those well squandering ombudsman that's a really nice way to end this conversation thank you for coming well thank you for inviting me it was uh, an, an honor and thank you for watching Remember, you can support our show at patreon.com slash and I'll see you next month.